Look at this headline from the New York Times. It says, Hunter Biden paid his tax bill. Well, isn't that nice? Hunter Biden paid his taxes. Of course, everybody's got to pay their taxes. There's death and taxes. The only two things that are certain and Hunter Biden paid his. And what they're not going to tell you is that the real crux of this story is that Hunter Biden's laptop, something that we talked about a lot here, was proven to be authenticated by the very New York Times. And so they're going to tuck that in at the back end of this headline just a little bit. They're going to say, even though Hunter Biden paid his tax bill like a good, honorable citizen, they say a broad federal investigation continues. And it's very broad. It's not specific. And there's really nothing here to even worry about. But they're just letting you know that Hunter paid his taxes. So they know what they're doing over there at the New York Times. Let's see who did this. Katie Benner. We have Kenneth Vogel. and We have Michael Schmidt. All got together and they said, how can we create one of these headlines that just really hammers the point home in a way that concocts uh, a story that supports our political ideology. And they did that right here. They give us a little bit of a subtext. They say this Justice Department inquiry into the business dealings of the president's son has remained active with a grand jury seeking information about payments from around the world. And you go, well, you know, that's a very interesting story. Certainly interesting now in 2022. Would have also been interesting back in 2020, when a lot of this stuff was being kicked around, when we were talking about it on our YouTube channel, and while people were getting booted off of social media for even bringing it up, turns out it's all true. There's a, It's all authenticated, but they're not going to tell us that at the headline. We've got to dive into this a little bit further. Here, when you go down in the article, this is where you get the juicy bit. It says people familiar with this investigation, you know, like us, said that prosecutors had examined emails between Mr. Biden, speaking about Hunter, Mr. Archer, and others about Burisma, which we're going to learn a lot more about here in a minute, and other foreign business activity. Those emails obtained by the New York Times. Oh, finally, you got it. Hmm. it says from a cache of files that appears, they write, to have come from a laptop abandoned by Mr. Biden in a Delaware repair shop. Oh, yeah, the same laptop that we were talking about, I don't know, in October 2020, before the election came out, when we were playing clips about it, and people were saying that was Russian misinformation and disinformation, and that there was no basis for talking about that story at all. I had people sending me emails saying, Rob, why are you talking about that? You're embarrassing yourself. You know that's Russian propaganda. Sounds like a lot of the same emails I get today. The email and others in this cache, Hunter's cache, were authenticated by people, oh no, familiar with them and the investigation. So it turns out, authentic, authenticated. The New York Times authenticated, at least they say, you know, they appear to be, according to people familiar with them, maybe some ambiguity there about this. But no, we went through them. We looked at the Secret Service records that were all made publicly available. We've gone through them. We said... <laughs> Sort of looks like it fits the bill for what they were alleging Hunter Biden was doing. And it turns out it's all true. But for some reason, there was a total cover up. Oh, that's right, because everybody was doing everything they possibly could to make sure Donald Trump did not get reelected. And so we saw stories like this from Politico and many other media outlets saying, uh, back here on October 19th, right, just a short couple of weeks before that big election, before the future of America is decided at the ballot box or at the mailbox, I guess, says Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo. And it's not just Politico. This is according to dozens of former Intel officials. You know, the same laptop that the New York Times just authenticated for us, 
dozens of apparently moron Intel officials, people who don't know anything about intelligence, more than 50 former intelligence officials signed a letter casting doubt on the provenance of the New York Post story, and they got booted off of Twitter, we're going to learn about, on the former vice president's son. So 50 dummies who called themselves intelligence officials who couldn't see that it was not Russian disinfo because it was just authenticated by the New York Times. But back then in October, a short couple weeks before the election, we saw this story spread all over the place. Politico reported more than 50 former senior intelligence officials have signed on to a letter saying that the recent disclosure of emails allegedly belonging to Joe Biden's son, quote, and brace yourselves for this in the middle of the Russia-Ukraine conversation here, they said back then that this has, quote, all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. So they're just regurgitating the same storyline from a prior season today. We know that here back in prior to the election when they were running in 2020, we saw this story October 19, 2020. We fast forward We're now in 2022, and we're seeing the same thing. Oh, it's just Russian propaganda. Everywhere you turn, everything you see is Russian propaganda. Back then, they say the letter signed on Monday centers on a batch around a batch of documents that apparently came from this laptop. And they say, you know where this came from, Uh, Rudy Giuliani, hard drive. And so they say there's no basis for this at all. They say, while the letter's signatories presented no new evidence because they didn't have any, they said that their national security experience very sophisticated, made them, quote, deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role in this case. It's those Russians again, everywhere you look. They cited several elements of the story that suggested the Kremlin's hand was at work. So it must have been Putin again, literally, before they were even in office, they were already blaming Putin. Now they're blaming Putin for everything, inflation, gas prices, Joe Biden not being able to remember a sentence anytime he speaks. It's all Putin's fault. And now we can see that this has actually been authenticated, but not without the consequences that were already imposed after this story, after the media sort of uh, a whitewashing order came down, the social media companies got to work. Twitter banned the New York Post, who first reported on this, at least in my recollection, first reported on this. They posted on Twitter, it's election season. And so what does Twitter do to make sure that they circle the wagons to protect their candidate? They make sure that it is censored. It is eliminated. They go through their terms of service and they say, oh, here's a problem. Oh, here's a problem. And they're going to get rid of that. However, ask yourself, if this was a story that went against Donald Trump of a similar variety, would they have banned it? Of course not. Here you see Business Insider reported this back on October 14th, says that Twitter says it banned the New York Post articles about Hunter Biden for violating its policies about doxing and sharing hacked materials. Oh, so they said, that's what back was uh, when Jack Dorsey was there, says that Twitter barred users from sharing two uh, controversial New York Post articles saying they violated their policies against sharing hacked materials. It was only in the middle of an election season, only involving the future president's son. They've got a policy against, you know, doxing people. All right. Uh, we don't want to incentivize hacking, they wrote. The safety team wrote that. Jack Dorsey said... You know, our communication about this was not great. 
probably should have provided some context and otherwise that was unacceptable. But why did they do this? Well, it's because they were piggybacking off of that prior article that we just discussed previously. Twitter took those actions to limit the reach of those articles after questions arose about their veracity because of their dubious sourcing and concerns that it might be a part of, uh, there it is again, the disinformation campaign. And we had 50 you know, so-called intelligence officials who obviously don't know anything who were out there saying, this is all uh, Russian. Uh, I can feel it. I can smell it. I've been, you know, s smelling myself in my office in a corner somewhere, writing policy papers, wrecking the world, and I can just feel it in my bones. Turns out, no, it's not Russian disinformation at all. It's true. New York Times authenticated it. Not that that means anything. I mean, we all knew it was true anyways, but I, I guess the reason it matters, it's because, oh, your own side, I guess, has authenticated it. But the entire blackout of the story continued. We remembered that back on October 22nd, again, a couple short weeks before the election took place, NPR was slammed for dismissing coverage of the Hunter Biden laptop scandal as just <clears throat> a waste of time. That's all. Nothing even to bother about. I mean, it's not even an interesting story, really. They said that, quote, this was a politically driven event and we decided to treat it that way. Okay, so it, 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 okay, yes, it's a political story because it involves a political candidate's son, maybe involved in all sorts of criminality that jeopardize national security, that cause all sorts of consequences for the entire world. We have here somebody over there named uh, McBride. I think McBride claimed that there were, quote, many, many red flags in that New York Post investigation. One of the red flags was that it made her candidate look bad. And intelligence officials have warned that Russia has been, quote, working overtime. Russia working overtime to keep the story in the news. You go, what are these lunatics talking about? We went through it. What well, we could. A lot of it you couldn't even show here on anywhere on any of the social media companies unless, you know, you want to get in serious trouble, which would uh, cause one to ask, why isn't Hunter Biden in serious trouble? Good question. Even if Russia can't be positive, even if Russia can't be positively connected to this information, the story of how Trump associates Steve Bannon and Giuliani came into a copy has not been verified, she writes, and it seems suspect. And if that story could be verified, New York Post, they say, did no forensic work to convince anybody that it's true. But the biggest reason you haven't heard much about this on NPR is that the assertions don't amount to much. You have seen the photographs and some of the allegations that came out from the laptop, and they're troubling indeed, which is why everybody was working in overtime to make sure that nobody heard about it. They were even banning people from Twitter who were sharing the story. The New York Post, gone. But after the election, after Joe Biden won and Donald Trump was no longer in office, wrecking the world according to them, Suddenly, it became okay to talk about. We go back to the New York Times, and here's what we saw. Oh, look how convenient this is. We've got on December 9, 2020, we get a story from these people. And it's some of the same people you saw from this article that came out today. We have, of course, Benner and Vogel. They were in the first story, and they're back again. They're going to give us an update. Oh, but this is back from December 9th. So they've been following this for some time. Right after the election, what do they say? December 9th, November, we have the election. December 9th, what happens? Oh, they say, oh, we got a new article. We got to update you, America. Justice Department happens to be investigating the tax affairs of president-elect. And they're just like, oh gosh, we're so happy we can write that now. Joe Biden, 
his son Hunter, he disclosed in a statement on Wednesday. And Hunter came out, takes that cigarette out of his mouth, comes out and says, uh, Dear America, quote, I learned yesterday, uh, yesterday, he says, I learned yesterday for the first time. <laughs> I learned yesterday for the first time, I swear it, just yesterday. I mean, I know the election was in November, but like I just learned that nobody had no idea what was coming. I learned for the first time that the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware advised my legal counsel also yesterday, just yesterday. So if you're wondering why I didn't tell you about this earlier, I literally just learned about it. Cut me some slack. He says, I take this matter very seriously, but I'm confident that my professional and objective review of my affairs are going to make sure that I'm in compliance with the law. Yeah, very convenient. So the New York Times then, after the election's over, the dam burst, they say, well, we better tell everybody about this now. They did. And Hunter's just like, whoa, shocked. I just learned about all this. I had no idea that I was uh, uh, violating tax law for the last two decades while my daddy was VP. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Now I figured it out. Mm, I better tell the rest of America. So where does this all come from? We see here, this was one of the subpoenas that we saw go out. We talked about this previously on our channel saying here that this was an attachment that came out and identified several people. We've got Hunter Biden. You can see him there. And this is the individual listed right here. Individual names. This is going over to the JP Morgan Chase subpoena processing saying we got questions about this corresponding bank along with Bank of China. We want to hear from Hunter Biden. We want to hear from James Biden. Want to hear from Devin Archer who is that guy? And then Eric Sherwin is uh, this guy down here at the bottom. So we've got these four fellows who are all listed here as sort of subjects of the subpoena. But then we also see they've got a list of all these subsidiary companies. And what they were doing is creating all these sort of holding shell companies in order to funnel assets all over the place. In my opinion, I don't, you know, can't verify any of that, uh, but hopefully the feds do. You can see all of these different entities. You see RSP Holdings, uh, uh, RSP Investments. And so I think that's, you know, uh, Rosemont Seneca Partners Holding, Rosemont Seneca Investments. We have RSTP2 Alpha, RSTP2 Bravo, right? These are just shell companies, like they're running out of names. They're not clever enough to come up with different names. So they're like, I don't know, call it Alpha, call it two. Uh, We have one, can you call it two? You know, call it two, we got to make another one. Well, call it Alpha. Well, and then, have, and then Bravo, and then you can see very uh, dull-witted, many of them. We have Seneca Global Advisors. We've got uh, Rosemont Seneca, and then many others. But the big one that really stands out, of course, is this one, Burisma Holdings. That's a big organization. We've heard a lot about Burisma, but do we really know what the facts are surrounding this organization? What is it in the first place? Well, it turns out it's a holding company. You can see this is what it's for. It's, it's for energy exploration and it holds production companies. It's, it holds basically a group of companies that will then go out and do their individual duties. Here, you can see that Burisma Holdings operated in the Ukrainian natural gas market since 2002. Whoa, well, this is very relevant, very pertinent to what we're talking about these days. So you're saying the Justice Department filed a subpoena over to J.P. Morgan Chase. They want to hear from Hunter and James Biden. One of their organizations uh, that they're sort of correlated with is Burisma Holdings. Huh. Burisma Holdings is based out of Ukraine, been there since 2002, interesting, owned by Ukrainian ma- uh, oligarch over there as well. And its subsidiaries include all of these different organizations. Okay, big, big group of companies. It sort of owns, uh, it, it's a holding group that owns a bunch of m- smaller companies. And it needs to be managed by a group of people who is on that team. 
Hmm, we have this fella. This guy is a terrorist somebody or other. He's chief executive officer of Burisma Holdings. And we'll skip over everybody, you know, like the former president of Poland who joined on the board. A lot of other names you're probably not going to remember or know too much about. But we get to somebody very interesting here. We get in 2017, we get Joseph Koffer Black. He's former director of the Counterterrorism Center and of the CIA. Oh, so you get a former CIA spook in there in the George W. Bush administration and former ambassador large of counterterrorism. Joins the board there in Ukraine. Then we have uh, the daughter also appointed in February. But then, you know, something very interesting happens because we go back to April 2014. Who's in office there in the White House there? Oh, yeah. Obama and Vice President Biden. Yeah, there. So we get Devin Archer, former senior advisor to John Kerry. And then we get, look who this person is, Hunter Biden. He's an attorney and he's the son of the then U.S. President Joe Biden. Guess who? Guess what? They joined the board of Burisma. And you go, well, that's weird. What did Hunter Biden have anything to do with uh, natural gas and holding companies in Ukraine? Has he ever worked for the CIA or done anything? I don't think so, but he gets a, he's on the board. And I want to pay close attention to this point. I don't want to gloss over this. Hunter Biden joined the board of this company, Burisma Holdings. The board. Does that matter? Is it a big company or a small company? What is it? Well, we're going to figure that out. Archer left the company in 2018. Hunter Biden left in 2019 when his term as a director expired. Board of directors. Okay, he's on the same organization with other people who are on the board. Former CIA director, counterterrorism, former president of Poland joined the board. And then we have Hunter Biden. Now, you might be saying, Rob, look, it's Ukraine. It's just a tiny little company. It's Burisma. It's a holding company. They do natural gas all over the place. So who cares, right? Who cares if he's on the board? You know, I've been on a board before at my council meeting, you know, and it's not that big of a deal, Rob. Maybe that's true. But I asked myself, how big is Burisma? What is What kind of organization is this thing? And it's not inconsequential. Certainly seems that there's some heft there. It says Burisma Holdings doesn't disclose its financial results, which is very convenient feature. If you need a place to launder a bunch of money for the vice president's son, you can just kind of shove him over there and kind of do whatever you want with the money, the revenue. Nobody has to report anything to anybody because it just doesn't disclose. It's just our policy. Well, that's nice. It says here, it has been calculated though that based on the minimal natural gas price that the company's revenue in 2018 may have totaled at least $400 million, which is not inconsequential. So it is kind of a big deal. You can see there's a lot of money passing through here. Easy to skim a little bit right off the top. And since you don't have to report anything to anybody, who's looking? Who's counting? So we go back to the article that came out today from the New York Times that is actually authenticating what we all already knew to be true. You see here, we get some more details about what they're saying uh, is, is true now that apparently they acknowledge it. They write that what they've reviewed in some of the emails, Mr. Biden, speaking about Hunter here, displayed a familiarity with FARA, which is the Foreign Agents Registration Act, and a desire to avoid triggering it, right? Doesn't want to break any of the rules. So how can we avoid the rules by doing things under the radar? In one email to Mr. Archer back in April, Biden outlined his vision for working with Burisma. In the email, Hunter said that the forthcoming announcement of a trip to Ukraine by VP Biden 
who is referred to in the email as, quote, my guy, but not by name, should be, quote, characterized as part of our advice and thinking, but what he will say and do is out of our hands. So you can see that they're sort of being very careful. We're going to bring him over there, but once he's there, it's just up to you to deal with him after that fact. The announcement, he says, quote, could be a really good thing or could end up creating too great an expectation. You know, if we bring the vice president over there and he doesn't do what kind of they want, maybe we misset expectations. He says we need to temper expectations regarding that visit. So he's sort of playing like a secretary for his daddy. You can see this carries on, says in some of the emails, it writes in the same April 2014 email, Hunter Biden indicated that Burisma's officials, quote, need to know in no uncertain terms, that we will not and cannot intervene directly with domestic policymakers and that we need to abide by FARA and other U.S. laws in the strictest sense across the board. Do you see this quote here? Now, they're going to take, they're going to authenticate the emails. Now, we've gone through many of the other emails, and we're not going to do it again here. You can check out any of those videos. They're all you know linked on our channel. But here you can see they're going to take a very, very nice quote from Hunter, where he's saying, uh, I want to be crystal clear that we're not breaking the law. And then he goes and breaks the law, right? This is sort of how this goes. I better put this in writing. I want to make sure that we're not breaking the law. Are you breaking the law? Okay, yeah, just keep going. Hold on one second. Let me make notes. We are not currently breaking the law because that's illegal. And my daddy is the vice president, so we don't do anything illegal. All right, so put that in an email. All right, but we're still going to go work for Burisma, where I've got no experience at all and where they don't disclose their financial records. So as long as it's in writing, we're good. Go for it. Let me get my guy on the line. And he'll be here soon. He suggested enlisting the law firm where he worked at the time in order to help them comb through some of this stuff. Now, we know that there's a lot more to the story. The firm can devise a media plan, he wrote, and all of these people, for some reason, even though they're talking about all of this, you see what happens here? The New York Times in this little sentence, this little sentence here, <laughs> they acknowledge the truth. They have to just layer on all this BS before they get to the truth. They say, Mr. Biden, Mr. Archer, uh, Boyce Scheller Flexner, Blue Star Strategies, all these law firms and all these smart people who went to Yale and are all lawyers, and they all uh, were, were, were concocting and writing emails about how to comply with the rules. New York Times, after they authenticated all this, confirms that none of them registered under FARA on behalf of Burisma. Oh. Well, at least they wrote the sentence in there that they all were talking a lot about it, but they acknowledged that they didn't do it. So I wonder how hard that was to have to include that for them. They were probably sitting over there like, Ugh, should we even include it? We better, otherwise they're going to call us total liars and not just mostly liars. Here we see in another set of emails examined by prosecutors, Hunter Biden and Archer discussed inviting foreign business associates, including a Burisma executive, to a dinner where Biden would stop by. And we saw that. We read through these. It's not clear, they say, whether the executive attended the dinner, but the vice or although the vice president did make an appearance, according to people familiar with the event. And look, it's like they get to create an environment whereby they don't get to ask questions. Right. And so they say, uh, well, it's not clear whether the Burisma executive attended the dinner. Well, you guys could have investigated it. I mean, when Joe Biden was running for the presidency, there was a whole campaign season when a lot of people wanted to talk about this and ask questions just like that. What happened with your meetings with Burisma? Did you sit down and actually have dinner with anybody? Yes or no. And go in and investigate it. But the New York Times, NPR, Politico, Twitter, all of the big tech conglomerates, everybody said it's not worth anybody's time. 
because they wanted their candidate to win. But now they want to write articles in the New York Times and say that we're journalists again, suddenly. And so we're going to bring you the truth now. Now, it's only truth when it's selectively convenient for you. You hid the truth from people for an entire election season so that your side could win. It's very disgusting behavior, and I would say incredibly unethical, but I guess I'm not a journalist for good reason. We see here prosecutors also subpoenaed records related to a lawsuit brought by the former employee of Mr. Biden, somebody named Luden Alexis Roberts. Roberts sued Biden for child support and paternity in 2019, so he's also father of the year, after one of his companies ceased paying her and providing her with health insurance. Amazing guy. Mr. Biden and Mr. Ro- Ms. Roberts, they reached a settlement out of court back in March 2020. Yeah, wonder what that was all about. March 2020, what's coming up in March? Oh yeah, November, an election. Oh yeah, I got to get that stuff cleared up right before it all unfolds. So the New York Times is now, I guess, sort of airing out their dirty laundry, the stuff that they've had in the back of their closet for a long time that they knew was true, but that they lied about. And everything that we were talking about in the months leading up to the election has now been authenticated, not by some right-winger, crazy person, conspiracy theorist, by the New York Times. But it's not a surprise. We knew that they knew about it, but they had a political goal here. They pretend to be objective journalists who are spreading the truth and keeping us all informed when really they're just feeding us garbage that they think is going to serve their interests not ours. So what do you think about Hunter Biden? Do you think that anything is actually going to come of this since he is now being, you know, quote unquote, investigated by the Department of Justice? I think criminal charges are coming down the pike. Do you think that any of those uh, failures to register are going to result in any criminal charges? Not so sure about it. It's pretty good to have daddy in the vice presidency while you're ripping the country off. And then in the presidency, when it's time for you to be charged. We'll see if anything comes of it. Let me know what you think about this down in the comments below. I would love it, love it, love it if you subscribed or followed us wherever it is you're watching this before you got out of here so that you can see us on the next one because I look forward to seeing you there.